0: Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy.
1: And thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Hope to bring you a slew of winners with the Top Handicapper today and some inside information of what to do and where to go if you're near Central Kentucky in the weekend coming up as Keeneland will open their doors. We've got Amy Owens, the Keeneland Communications Associate. She was on exactly one year ago with us, and it's just unbelievable. My mailbox is filled every day with all the happenings that are going on at Keeneland, and they continue not to just be a track of tradition, but they're on the cutting edge of modern technology. So we'll be talking uh, with Amy Owens that will give us the inside scoop on what's happening at Keeneland. As you know, uh, the big news will be one of my lead stories. And then with us, Bob Railbird Roberts, a uh, handicapping legend, will be with us now. Uh, Bob uh, began his career up in uh, Northeast uh, Ohio. He headed up the uh, News Herald where he was sports editor at the age of 22 and then he worked for the Cleveland Press in 73 and then uh, the Plain dealer I uh, had Bob there for over 20 years, and uh, he's a multiple award-winning writer, and uh, Bob is going to cover not one, not two, not three, but four grade one races. That's right. Big weekend at Aqueduct, of course. It's the Wood Memorial. What a great matchup in there. It's like uh, Rocky in the ring. Then we go out to the Santa Anita Oaks, where uh, it's an interesting matchup. We'll see if Rhea Antonio can bounce back after her Rachel Alexander loss uh, from the there we go to a, another derby prep, and that's the Santa Anita Derby. Uh, interesting matchup there. Candy Boy coming off a layoff in the red-hot California Chrome. And then to Keeneland we go. It's a big Oaks Point race. The central back Ashland going a mile and a sixteenth on what will still be Poly Track. Uh, let 's take a look at some uh, flashes that we had uh, from our winning pony site this week. I just had some amazing uh, winners. Uh, it was no April fool out at Sunland Park. Uh, we hit the starting with the race Super Superfecta paid four thousand six hundred twenty three dollars and the winners kept going on into April at Hawthorne. Uh, we hit an 8th race super. Four thousand four hundred forty-three, and in the second at Hawthorne on the second, a super four thousand sixty-two dollars. You can see all the results on our website at WinningPonies.com. Hope you go there often and pull down the easy fig sheets and. Get rich. All right. Well, you heard me mention it. Uh, I slipped it in there that uh, Keeneland has announced it's going to replace its polytrack synthetic surface, which was installed in 2006, and they're going to be having a dirt track. Uh, this, of course, has uh, wide-ranging implications. Are they are they shopping for a breeder's cup? Uh, do they want the bluegrass steaks uh, to become more of an important uh, Kentucky Derby prep as, a, as it had been in the past um, the uh, decision came almost uh, eight years after PolyTrack was installed there uh, and uh, you know a lot of people wondering how it was going to work and of course it's had its detractors and it's had its uh, uh, supporters uh, Bill Tomlinson the n- new Keeneland president uh, said that uh, it's going to be replaced by a state of the art dirt surface using locally mined material composed of sand, clay and silt and uh, they've done diligent research and feel that it will be the safest main track in North America. Um, Of course, uh, Keeneland now joins Santa Anita, uh, which reverted to dirt in 2010, and word is that Del Mar is going to scrap their poly track after its 2014 meet. So while the number of synthetic tracks in North America once peaked at 9 by 2008, uh, after Keeneland there will be only 5. Arlington, Golden Gates, Presque Isle, Woodbine, and Turfway Park. So I know a lot of you handicappers out there have a tough time uh, handicapping the poly, so that's uh, one less thing it looks like you're going to have to do at Keeneland, I do believe they're going to keep their lower training track, will be a poly track for the horsemen there at Keeneland. So it'll be interesting to see if they do, in fact, uh, lobby for a Breeders' Cup race. They're going to have to put in a lot more seats, I can tell you that. Okay, well, the uh, Kentucky Derby future wager, uh, since the debut of this wager in 1999, the choice in this year's future betting pool is... All. Oh, that's right. For only the third time in the Wager's 16 years history, fans across North America were unable to decide on an individual horse, and so they picked on the mutual field as the favorite. And uh it's... Yeah, uh, very interesting to see what happened over the weekend. That uh, that could be a good choice because uh, big horses are jumping up from all over. Of course, uh, before that, uh, California Chrome and Cairo Prince were kind of uh, uh, battling for uh, the, the top spot. But some uh, things that happened over the weekend uh, certainly uh, shook it up. So uh, if uh, you we're wondering what some of the odds were on some of the big horses as they closed out. A candy boy that we'll get to see race against California Chrome. Candy boy 13 to 1. California Chrome at 9 to 1. And uh, Opportunity is going to race this weekend. He's currently sitting at 15 to 1 uh, 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 ring weekend 24 to 1 he's going to race over the weekend so it'll be very very interesting to see where it shakes out congratulations to robertino Diodoro. he celebrated his 1000th career victory he's currently the leading trainer at turf paradise he set a new standard for the most wins in a race meet by notching his 105th victory on march 29th i understand he is quite the class act out there of course uh, on, on monday's car he came away with five wins from nine races, so congratulations to him. Um, a name perhaps uh, not too familiar with you, but could potentially be in the starting gate for the Kentucky Derby is... Toast of New York, but Toast of New York returned to his home in Great Britain following his victory Saturday in the United Arab Emirates Derby and that puts him pretty much automatically, it's a 100 point race for the UAE Derby, gets him in the Kentucky Derby. I seem to be pretty long from picking up on the quotes from his trainer. Um, They feel that the Derby is a little bit close to that last race and when they train for Dubai He was racing on Tapeta, which is very much like the track in Dubai, and so now he's going to switch to dirt. So he, Toast of New York, may not be toasting uh, everyone in Louisville. So let's take a quick look at some of the leaders' boards. Uh, starting with the boys right now, uh, Vickers in Trouble leads with 120. Toast of New York, as we just stated, got 100. Uh, Constitution at 100. Intense Holiday, 93. Wildcat Red, 90. We Miss Artie at 60, tied with Samarat. Uh, Opportunity, uh, Cheeto, and Midnight Hawk also in the top 10. And, again, that is in the boys' The division. As far as the ladies are concerned, in the Oaks, the leaderboard has Untappable on top with 160, Awesome Baby at 110, in tune 100. Then it gets a little bit closer. Uh, the uh, Orioles Bell, uh, House Rules, and Euphrosine, if I'm saying that correctly, are all within 10 points of each other. And then we get down to Fifty Shades of Gold, Unbridled Forever, Got Lucky, and America. So the Oaks uh, board... Uh, Pretty much wide open, except for the three at the top, untappable, awesome, baby, and in tune. Well, we're going to hear a lot about uh, Keeneland and... Uh one thing that we may get to see there is uh, two-time Horse of the Year Wise Dan. We're hoping that he's going to show up in the makers. Mark, uh, he just came off a very brisk gallop, six furlongs in one thirteen and one, and uh, so that is his target. If he does get set back, uh, he does have plans possibly for the Ben Ali at Keeneland. So um, if you're in Central Kentucky, there's going to be a lot to see coming up, including Horse of the Year Wise Dan. We wish him best, and I hope to be there to get a chance to see him run myself. Also, I wanted to congratulate some uh, leaders. Uh, The Laurel Parks Winter Meet ended with apprentice jockey Trevor McCarthy took the jockey's title, and four different trainers shared the the trainer's title. So uh, pretty uh, unusual for an apprentice to take the top rider, uh, but he did, so he's going to be one to keep an eye out. For sure, uh, he's topped the jockey standings with 54 first place finishes, 16 more than Victor Carrasaco. Uh, let's see, also, uh, in Northern Kentucky, it, uh, Turfway Park included their meet, and the uh, leading rider by far was uh, young Albin Jimenez, a very nice young man. I've got to know him over the past two seasons, uh, taking the trainers uh, or the owners' title for the first time was uh, Ron Pealucci's Looch Racing Stable. As you know, uh, Ron's been a guest with us on uh, win-winning ponies before, and uh, all of his winners were trained. By Jeff Radosevich, Uh upsetting Ken and Sarah Ramsey, who hold nine leading owners' title. Mike Maker won his second consecutive trainer title and his 14th overall at Turfway Park. All right, let's take a look at some of those big races that we handicapped last week. Uh, the Louisiana Derby is the race that launched Vickers in trouble. Uh, to the top of the leaderboard uh, it was my pick last week because it, it was trouble-free. The race before in the Risen Star got parked outside and was wide all the way around. Uh strange cast of characters. It's a Louisiana bred, sired by Into Mischief, trained by Mike Maker, owned by Kara, I mean, Ken and Sarah Ramsey. Uh, not one that they own, Brad, but right now Vickers in trouble. A powerful uh, run on the front was challenged. Intent holiday, uh, finished a rather tepid second over commanding curve. So Vickers in trouble, Rosina Pravnik could have her derby mount. Also at the fairgrounds, it was untappable, uh, launching uh, towards that top of the, of the Phillies division. Untappable, uh, sent away at odds on, and uh it, Finished the exacta up with uh, 50 Shades of Gold. I believe we gave that out cold last week. And the third spot was Unbridled Forever. It was a short field, but nonetheless an impressive run by Untappable. And guess who was in the saddle? Rosie Napravnik. She's going to have a chance to uh, have solid mounts in both the Oaks and the Derby. Then at Gulfstream Park, new star on the rise. Constitution now 3 for 3. For trainer Todd Pletcher, Jose Lizcano in the saddle. I had this horse picked as my long shot last week. Didn't go away as a long shot. Went off at 3-1. to In the second spot, it was the speedy Wildcat Red who had that rail and looked awful solid until Constitution kicked in. Ended up winning by a neck. In the third spot, it was General A-Rod. All three of these could meet on the first Saturday in May. And then as far as the girls were concerned, the Gulfstream Oaks. Well, that went to In Tune, another Pletcher trainee with similar running lines. The Constitution has pretty much front running, has uh, very good solid buyers. In Tune took the Gulfstream Oaks over house rules. a horse I thought was the class of the race, and in the third spot was America. Again, that will affect the outcome of the field for the Kentucky Oaks. Well, speaking of Kentucky, we're going to go to the horse capital of Kentucky, and that would be no other track than Keeneland and Amy Owens is going to join us, so we're going to take a little bit of a break. You're listening to Winning Ponies.
2: And out hundred dollar bills And it kills
1: The opening kickoff is a beauty It's a fly ball deep right field Back goes O'Neal
2: He's tough the... shot. got it With 2.8 seconds left. To left I don't care where they put him This one is out
0: of here From high school to the pros We, <laughs> we cover, everything. cover everything Let your voice be heard Voice America Sports Now back to winning ponies with John Englehart.
1: All right, and with me right now is Amy Owens, uh, one of Keeneland's communications associate. Uh, she's just uh, an amazingly hard worker. Uh, she's uh, been uh, a writer, an editor. She's been around the sport for for many years, uh, but she started at a very young age. I want you to know that. So, uh, but now she she gets to work at what many people say that if racing was a religion. Keeneland would be the Vatican. With us, Amy Owens. Amy, have you taken a breath for the last two weeks?
3: There's been a lot going on, and we won't be taking a breath till the end of the month, but uh, we love it, so we're ready to go.
1: Well, thank God you put an end to the rumor mill with the release you put out two days ago. Uh, so many people were hinting around and dancing around, and nobody was really, you know, there wasn't anything official coming out. But it does look like the main track, anyhow, will switch from Polytrack to Dirt. Uh, can you just give us a brief comment on that?
3: Well, that's correct. Uh, the main track will be converted uh, from Polytrack to Dirt over the summer. Construction schedules will begin May 19th and be completed uh, August 15th. And the track will reopen for training on September 1st, and then we'll have the fall meet starting on October, 1st, October 3rd. So uh, the training track, uh, five-and-a-half furlong training track, will remain poly-track. So, okay, I thought so.
1: But uh, the- anyhow, you know, I mean... It looks like the bad weather hopefully is behind us, and Keeneland tells us that, that, that spring is here. Uh, you, you've got so much going on. Uh, you've always had uh, you know, the best racing leading up to the Kentucky Derby. Of course, it looks like the bluegrass is going to have an overflow field. What is a thing or two that I haven't seen before that I may see at this meets Keeneland?
3: Well, we really have an exciting event on Sunday, April 13th, and that's the day after the bluegrass. Uh, that will be Horses and Hope Pink Day, and we re- encourage all the fans to wear pink. This uh, day will support uh, the Kentucky First Lady Jane Beshear's initiative, Horses and Hope, which promotes uh, breast cancer awareness and mammography among the women who work uh, work at Kentucky Racetracks, and along with that, we're going to have a group of about 30 retired and active female jockeys gathered together at Keeneland, and this is really going to be a historic uh, gathering. I mean, I don't know if any of these women or this number of women have all been together at uh, the same time. Uh, Diane Crump, Barbara Joe Rubin, so many great women who were pioneers uh, for racing. And, I mean, women did not get to be able to ride against men in paramedical horse racing until 1969. So they really had to show a lot of courage and determination to establish themselves. And they paved the way for the rider's today like Rosie Naprovnik who you talked about earlier, who was a leading writer here at Keeneland last fall, and uh, it's kinda hard to believe that um, women in the early part of the in the late sixties and the early seventies all the the struggles that they had to really fight their way to get opportunities to ride racehorses. And you've got got, the trailblazers
1: like uh, Patty Barton and Diane Crump, and then you've got the headliners like uh, P.J. Cooksey, uh, Rosie, and uh, Julie Crone. I mean, you've got the entire rainbow of of, of women riders, both uh, old school and new school.
3: Yeah, we even have a quarter-horse jockey, uh, Tammy Purcell, who um, is the only w- woman to ride uh, to win the All-American Futurity, which was the world's first uh, million-dollar horse race. So it's going to be a, a really an amazing historic event.
1: Well, you've got something that you know is very close to my heart that's going on down there. Did I hear something about a new craft beer section?
3: ha. <laughs> Well, we started that last fall, actually, and um, it was so popular, we are keeping it going. So uh, that will be on the North Terrace, and you'll have a a great selection of uh, beer to choose from, John.
1: But the thing is, I'm always working when I'm down there, so I just don't have <laughs> a chance to take it in. They, they need to stay open late after the last race, and I'll be able to sneak down there. Yeah, now, you'll be You're both. also going to have a visit from a Kentucky Derby winner. Well, while one of those horses may be in the field for the bluegrass, you're going to have an already established Kentucky Derby winner taking a visit.
3: Yeah, Mind That Bird is going to be here, and and I'm so excited about that. He's going to be here as part of the the big movie tour for his movie, 50 to 1, that is being released uh, throughout the country, and it's about his victory in the 2009 Kentucky Derby. And uh, some of the actors from 50... one will be here taking a big bus tour that started uh, at Sunland Park near El Paso, and will end up here at Keeneland. So the great horse himself will be here, so we're really looking forward to that.
1: Well, it's a great story. We had the uh, writer and producer on several weeks ago, so we did give our Winning Ponies uh, fans an inside look. Again, we're talking to Amy Owens uh, from Keeneland um, I know that, uh, Keeneland, uh, uh, we used to be racing it as it was meant to be, but you're making it to be something else. Uh, tell me about some of the cutting-edge technology that you've installed at the track.
3: Well, we were the first racetrack to have the track is uh, technology, which are little... Uh, Computer chips that are in the saddle towels that the horses wear, and it enables the racing fans to really see an animated version of the race so they can keep up with their horses and I mean it's supremely popular. We have a mobile uh app um, we have so much technology that is just seamless, and people of all ages can get into it and find where they need to go and what they need to do and get information on handicapping and wagering and places uh, to go around Keeland based on what they want to eat, if they want to find some burgoo or whatever. We can help them out with that. So, I mean, there's so much going on. Anything you can think of, Keelan is there with technology, so we're really proud of that.
1: I know that there's even an app for that, and you have betologists that uh, try to bring uh, uh, the young crowd up to speed. And You do really, uh, not only do you have the Kentucky Blue Bloods, but you bring a a great amount of of youth to the racetrack, and I do believe that there will even be a chance for some people to pull down some scholarship money coming up here soon.
3: Yeah, uh, tomorrow opening day of the meet is College Scholarship Day, and it's just so popular uh, every meet. Uh, thousands of students will be here from universities around Kentucky and neighboring states, and they can get a chance to win one of ten $1,000 scholarships. So it's um, a pretty worthwhile day. It's a good reason to skip class.
1: <laughs> and another good reason to maybe skip out, I think, would it be a week from Friday, is a chance to see two-time uh, Horse of the Year Wise Dan.
3: Oh, we love Wise Dan. He is just um, such a great uh, ambassador for Keeneland, and the thrill that the crowd gets from watching him perform is unlike anything else you've ever seen. He's based here year-round. Um, he trains here. Uh, he's he's our horse. We're so uh, so fortunate to have him here. So, if all goes well, you know, it's been a rough winter, and there's been um, a lot of missed training days by horses in this part of the country, so, uh, you know, hopefully all systems will be go for Wise for sand to be here at the Maker's uh, 46 mile.
1: Well, and of course... Uh... Uh, you've got some great racing that's going to probably uh, affect the fields for both the Oaks and the Derby. Uh, starting out, uh, coming up in the next segment, we're going to be handicapping the, uh, the Central Bank Ashland. Uh, boy, I love when I hit my computer and it forces me to print out three or four pages of past performances. It looks like you're going to have overflow fields for both the Ashland and the Bluegrass. Hats off to your racing office.
3: Yeah, well, they, they uh, do a great job, and everyone wants to race at Keeneland, so um, it's, uh, we offer great racing, and uh, we want fans to come out and not only take part in the fun activities, but really treasure the thoroughbreds that we have on display here.
1: Uh, you, you guys do uh, such a, an outstanding job uh, at your presentation and it looks like uh, you're going to have an extremely Deep jockey colony uh, there once again because I think they like being there too. You know, you're you're right down the road. It leads into Derby Week. If they've got to go gallop a horse over at Churchill, they can do that if they like. But meanwhile, there's uh, so many good uh, prep races and top horses and horses at Keeneland. I mean, you, you guys are just a magnet for uh, the, the top jocks in the in the country.
3: Well, it's fun to watch uh, the jockeys uh, ride the horses back. To be unsettled after the race because the winner is cheered and, you know, there's just, I know the jockeys really appreciate the fan interest and, and the enthusiasm. The fans here know who these riders are. They know their careers. They know the good horses that they've ridden and they really appreciate them. So it's, it makes it fun for the horsemen and the racing fans. But John, I have to tell you, the biggest thing going on is Saturday because, you know, the University of Kentucky basketball team is in the Final Four. I've heard of them. You've heard of that. Well, good. Yeah. Well, we want fans to come out, wear their blue, uh, show their enthusiasm, and be part of Big Blue Nation celebration out here at Keeneland. So, um, you know, you got plenty of time to come out, enjoy the races, and the game is that night so it's just going to be a a big long day of horse racing and basketball it doesn't get much better than that
1: no it doesn't and I can tell you this rain or shine with that UK game going on following uh, the early part of the Keeneland meet it's going to be absolutely nuts there
3: yeah it's uh, a lot of fun
1: well, it, it is a lot of fun, and you guys do a marvelous presentation. Uh, you and, and Amy Gregory are, are just fantastic at getting the information out to us in the media and uh, eventually on to the fans because I see so many things in print uh, uh, with all the equine publications, and I know that it came directly from your office. So I, I tip my, my bluegrass cap uh, to you. Uh, thank you for being on, and I look forward to seeing you down there at the Vatican of Horse Racing.
3: Well, thank you, John. We look forward to seeing you, and thank you for all the nice things you've said.
1: Nothing but the truth. Keeneland, if uh, you've never been there, you have to put it on your bucket list. Not only is it an amazingly pristine facility, fantastic amenities, great food, and you'll also see the best horses, horsemen, and horsewomen in United States. So put Keeneland on your bucket list if you haven't been there. If you've been there and you see me walking around the paddock, give me a hidey-ho. Well, again, I want to thank Amy Owens for being on with us and catching us up with all things Keeneland and what's going on, especially the late-breaking fact that there will no longer be poly track after this meet. Uh, When uh, the fall meet comes, it'll be reverted back to a dirt track. So that was Amy Owens. Coming up next, one of my favorite handicappers in the United States, a great guy overall, Bob Railbird. Roberts, you're listening to Winning Ponies.
2: Well, I walk into the room. Passing out hundred dollar bills and it kills and it thrills like the horns on my Silverado grill. And I buy the bar double round a crown and everybody's getting down in this town. Ain't never gonna be the same.
0: Sound- the fans
1: now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They
0: need a ass and move on. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy.
1: <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak
0: up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track?
1: All right, and with me, of course, is Bob Railbird-Roberts. I described uh, a lot of his resume earlier in the show, and uh, just so you know, probably best known as the writer for the Cleveland Plain Dealer and handicapper for years. Whenever I was in Cleveland, I'd get the sports section and, and open it up, and uh, there would be Bob either congratulating himself for the win he picked or looking at his empty pockets for a bad day at the races. But nonetheless, uh, he's been in the game uh I'll say for as long as me, not necessarily longer, but uh, he's with us today. Uh, He's an award-winning writer, and he's a gentleman that I am going to share a microphone with uh, this uh, Saturday evening at Darby Dan Farm in Columbus at the awards banquet for the Ohio Horse of the Year. With us now, Bob Railbird-Roberts. Bobby Boy, how are we doing?
2: John, we're doing great. I don't know if you know this. Well, you probably know this. We're celebrating... 50 years of Ohio Horses of the Year Saturday night.
1: I didn't know that until I talked to you last week, so uh, it's pretty amazing that we'll be there for that anniversary. I think think it's a great thing. We'll have fun, and uh, uh, hopefully there'll be some surprises. Yes, yes. Well, speaking of surprises, how surprised were you to hear about Keeneland going back to dirt? Isn't that something? It's going to make it harder on me
2: now because... Much as I love Keelan, and boy, you said it right. Did you call it the Vatican of horse racing?
1: Did I hear you say that? That's right. If racing was a religion, Keelan would be the Vatican.
2: So do we get special dispensation to eat meat tomorrow <laughs> because it's, it's <laughs> one open you have the track, day? Of Keeneland, Burgoo. <laughs> <laughs> I used to. It's going to make it harder on me because I used to. Since they put it in the polytrack, and by the way, I've done pretty good betting there, even with polytrack, but. The results of the bluegrass I usually just throw out because it hasn't made much sense to me the last three or four years. But now, you're going back to dirt, got to start paying attention again.
1: I think that's part of it. And I'll be honest with you. I know a lot of my friends said, you know, um, John, I just I don't handicap Keeneland as much because I, I have a tough time with the poly. I, I prefer handicapping on the dirt courses and uh, I, I think it could be twofold. We don't know, but they may be looking down the road at a potential Breeders' Cup, and as you alluded to, I think it's going to change the, uh, the the class of the field that's going into the Bluegrass with 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 a dirt effort under their belt before they go down the road to Louisville.
2: And for those who don't like the poly track, hang around, boys. There's a lot of turf racing to bet at Keeneland, and that's real. That's real grass out
1: there with real dirt under it. Absolutely, it, it it really is. Well, uh, Bob, uh, you know I I know a track that uh, you and I have hosted events at uh, is going to be saying a, a fond adieu here after the first Saturday of May. Uh, it used to be called the Saratoga of the South. Beulah Park shuttering its doors forever. Right. Well, you know, John, I'm, in fact, I
2: told you I may go over there Saturday before the banquet and say officially goodbye to it, but I've had some... I used to do handicapping seminars there. I used to handicap as a part-time job for the old Columbus Citizen Journal, the morning paper. And I've collected a whole lot of funny stories over the year. Now, you'll remember when Larry Collegian and Tom Fugazi took it over and renamed it Darby Downs?
1: First guys that hired me in racing.
2: Well, I don't know if you knew this story. In fact, I... I may try to write a story and sell it to the Columbus Dispatch or the Cleveland Plain Dealer. But opening day of Darby Downs, the switchboard operator takes the first phone call at like a quarter to nine in the morning, and she says, "Welcome to Darby Downs, opening day." And a voice on the other end says, "Yeah, what time those car races start today?"
1: (laughs) (laughs) So so, that's been a sign of bad things to come. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll share a story with you, Bob, and you can use this. Uh, Larry Larry Collegian told me one time, he said, John, he says, I have to be honest with you, he says, uh, the fans here aren't the most sophisticated. He says, as a matter of fact, if we had a Bill Shoemaker Day, 100 people would show up with their shoes to be fixed. <laughs> John, he
2: told me that same line at, a, at the pre-opening press dinner, and I says, can I use that in the paper? He goes, I don't care, and I think I did. <laughs> I couldn't believe he said that.
1: <laughs> Larry was a great guy. Hey, where is he these to, days? Pardon me. Where is Larry these days? Uh, sad to say, he's watching the races from up in heaven.
2: Oh, he is. Oh, yeah, yeah. That. Wow. Now,
1: somebody else that's that's running in races up in heaven, and I've been trying to get somebody in the media interested in this, and maybe I can I can use you as... What are they going to do with the remains of Glacial Princess, that fantastic multiple Ohio horse of the year that's buried in the infield? Funny you should ask. I
2: saw a story online a couple of days ago about how they're going to uh, urban renewal the Beulah Park grounds, and there was a quote there from a city administrator in Grove City, and I call him. And I says, you do know there's a horse buried in the infield? He goes, we do know, and that part of the track may end up being a park in the middle of a uh, housing development or an industrial parkway or an office complex. So that will be a park. And you know what they should name that park? Glacial Princess
1: Park. <laughs> That's so I cool. love it. I love it. It's a beautiful name. She was a beautiful race mare. Yes. Uh, and yes. They, they better mark where she is right now so they don't have to be running around like Native Diver and Noor wondering where the heck the remains are. I know. But, uh, um, we, well, you know what? If let's... we go over there, Sandy, we'll have to hop the fence and see if uh, the, the marker is still there. But well, we what, should. We've got to get our picture taken on. next to it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, now that you say that, I think, I think I'll think i meet up with you on Saturday and we'll have yeah. our, our last card at Buell, and then we'll go over the awards banquet. It's, it's not far away. Well, be, I better get to the here and now, and, and let's start with uh, kind of a – uh, kind of a Rocky story, and it's going to take place in New York. And uh, from what I've been hearing, I, I was in on an interview uh, with Gary Contessa, who trains Uncle Cy this week, and he says that New York has embraced the battle between Samurat and Uncle Cy like Rocky, and uh, the last time they met in the Gotham, they had banners hanging down like Rocky when he fought, you know, uh, Against whoever it was, there were so many Rocky movies. I forget which one. Yeah. But uh, so you've got that battle going on, and then you got eighty-five-year-old Manny Espera trying to knock them both out of the ring. Right. With social inclusion, this young upstart that devastated honor code, though I don't know if he was at his best in a five-horse field, um, a horse that they say has been offered anywhere between 6 and $8 million, and they've turned it down, but he ends up drawing the 11-hole in, in the mile-and-eighth an aqueduct field. Um, th- this makes for a great story, and quite frankly, it makes for an interesting race to handicap. I'm wondering uh, how you're looking at this race.
2: Yeah, well, you know, that, 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 they're asking a lot of social inclusion, even if it drew in the middle of the field. That's, that's a tough post to draw out there, you know, the 11-hole, going a mile and an eighth at that joint. They'll be in that first turn before you know it.
1: He's so, fast. I mean, uh, Shug McGee said, this horse is a freak.
2: Well, he, he I, that was my track to bet all winter. I watched every race from Gulfstream Park. And I graded every race for my trip notebook. And he he ran two of the freakiest races down there. There's no question about that. He he could just be that good. But uh, that whole career started February 22nd. So he has not been around much, has he?
1: No, he hasn't. And then I believe it's the, the curse of Apollo. What's that go back to? 1882 or something? 1882. Uh, no horses. That, 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 now,
2: that, yeah, not only is that on his head, it's on the Florida Derby winner's head, too. Constitution.
1: Exactly. Well, he didn't exactly. Two either. Right. You know, the people forget, you know, in this short amount of time, a mile and a quarter is a long way. It's an extra furlong than a mile and an eighth. And, you know, you're automatically going to have some horses in there that are going to want to go to the front. It's a taxing thing. You can draw a bad post. You're getting dirt kicked into your face. You're at a track you probably didn't race that much. Uh, so a lot can happen between now and here and the first Saturday in May. But yeah, in the tried handicapping, that, I tried race, to beat that no it. racing
2: at uh, 2 Bugaboo a couple of times uh, when handicapping the Derby. And and one year I had a horse breezing on the lead, approaching the five sixteenth pole. I think they ran three quarters and one eleven and change or one twelve ago. This horse is going to win, and he folded badly. Remember Pulpit, who's gone on to be a pretty good sire. He was yep. unraced at two. I tried to win the Derby with him, and it's just—I don't know. There's just not enough bottom to these horses to try to win a Derby when you haven't raced as a, as a freshman.
1: Well, both and... Samarat- and uh, Uncle Si have they've been putting in great match races uh, in the Withers and the Gotham. Um, if uh, you, you're going to bet this race, uh, which way are you going? And it obviously, could be another horse, maybe Christo shipping in from the West Coast, uh, who I think is trying to dodge California Chrome from the Santa Anita Derby. Uh, here, I'm, I'm I'm giving you a hundred bucks. Give me your top three.
2: Well, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy! Those two horses are both New York Reds. I wonder if. Uh... I wonder if the string is out on them. I really do. And they've battered and bumped the heck out of each other uh, in, the, in this series. There's a couple of horses I'm looking at. I'm looking at the four horse a little bit. Harpoon, it's Mr. Pletcher, and he doesn't uh, go on too many long losing streaks, does he? That horse no, he too doesn't. A and he ran I think if you just went to his last he run, race, through he's early February down at Tampa. He don't, but you know what? If I'm going to take a shot in this race, I'm going to take a shot with the two horse. Wicked strong. To me, he looks like a sleeper in here. His last race at Gulfstream was strictly a speed racetrack, and he tried to rally from 10th, and he ended up 4th. But if you look back on this horse, he got beat a half a length in the Remsen last year, and he was only 10 to 1 in that race. So what I probably would do is, you're giving me 100, I'd probably yeah. take Wicked Strong and Xacta boxes with Harpoon, Samarat, Uncle Si, Social Inclusion, maybe look for one more, but I think it would go that way. I don't have to let me let me be almost right. Let me finish second with this horse at fifteen to one. I'd be happy. Who do you <laughs> like?
1: <laughs> sounds like it sounds like a, a pretty good box there, but either way, there's going to be uh, stories that come out of here, and and easily, you know, even a, a horse uh, like like Noble Moon. I mean, they're all they're all trying to punch their ticket, and they right. can. This is a hundred point race in here, so uh, you come out of this race in first or second, good chance you're going to be in the uh, the gate for for the Kentucky Derby. Well, uh, before we go uh, out west, let's go down uh, to uh, beautiful Lexington. Lexington, Kentucky, in the Bluegrass State. Uh, the uh, Keeneland uh, Central Bank Ashland is a grade one, half a million on the line. And obviously, these are horses, though they'll be racing over Polytrack, probably have an eye towards the dirt at Kentucky Oaks Day at Churchill Downs. Uh, this, uh, Testa Rossi seems like an awful, interesting filly, especially right. to the point that her connections actually nominated her to the Triple Crown. She started her career out in France, has strictly been a turf horse since then. But as you know, turf transfers pretty good to Polly, but uh, she comes from out of the clouds. It'll be interesting to see what happens on Saturday.
2: Yeah, if you look at this race, I think it's seven, seven, eight, nine of the horses in this race are coming out of turf starts. And a steady diet of turf races. When I looked at all the form on his horse, I had to go back on top and look at the conditions again to make sure it wasn't handicapping a turf race. (laughs) Really, I mean, look at the pp's on these horses. Turf, 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 turf. Well, I like a horse that's five to one on the morning line, who had a very, very fast last win at Gulfstream Park, and that would be Thank You Mary Lou, Michael Maker, Michael Maker horse for the Ramses. They don't win too many races, do
1: they? No, or too many titles down at Keeneland, and, and Maker's just loaded for bear right, right. now. And I, again, while uh, this horse hasn't been tested a mile to sixteenth, it's certainly the way it run its last uh, in the uh, any limit stakes at Gulfstream. Says it could be one. The horse is by Birdstone, right? Or, you know, we won the, the Belmont Stakes, so I don't think there's distance limitations on this horse. Right. Out of and a, a mirror, it
2: it. right? You're right about that, and that. Le- and plus, they had this horse at the uh, Kentucky Training. See, D T. That's the old uh, uh, training center. They renamed it to Churchill Downs Training. Is that what it is? I'm looking in the yeah, workout where where maker is he, based. Yes. Yeah. This horse had a workout on March twenty second, uh, fifty nine and three over that racetrack, and then he come back with a slower work. But and by the way, Julian Le Perot really rides well at Keeneland too. He's got a feel for that joint.
1: Yes, he does. Uh, it, might, it might be that uh, European style that he grew up with yeah. where uh, yeah. patience seems to uh, to pay off for him. And this right. horse looks like it can, it can rate very well. Um, hmm. But uh, let's see. Also in what here is this. Like? Uh, you like Rossi Pardon me?
2: You like Rossi in
1: there? Yeah, but I, I'm just hoping there's enough pace up front for her to run yeah. at. Yeah,
2: I know, I know. Well, this horse will sit, the one that I like. There's a few in there that can,
1: uh, well, you know what? There really isn't all
2: that much speed in there, is there? Uh, I'm looking, no. overlooking it
1: again. You know, no, room service is another fish. one. I mean, uh, uh, Catalano's hot right now, and, uh, you know, this horse is one that looks like he can fit just off the pace and make right. a, a, a rally. So I, I think room service uh, could be could be dangerous in there, you know, but again, like you said, you've got to check the conditions and make sure this isn't actually a turf race.
2: It was wild when I looked at that. It looked like all the speed with has got the three-hole. That's, that horse has speed, but the real speed horses are, are the three on the outside, Saturday Bliss seeking her glory and restivity. They all got speed. They'll they're really be gunning it, leaving, uh, leaving that starting gate. So we'll see. And Rosie's out there on the, uh, and one of those
1: horses. So Yeah, right. So. She, she, she's been on fire. Yeah, right. Well, Bob, listen. Let's uh, let's let's move right along here. As long okay. as we're on a handicapping roll, we're going to go out to Santa Anita, where there's going to be two races that are very high point races for both the Derby and the Oaks. I think the most interesting of the two. Is that the Santa Anita Derby, uh, right? It, it brings us the very, uh, popular wow factor with California Chrome. And again, you know, just like, uh, uh, Uncle Cy si and Samurat throw out where they're bred. Uh, California Chrome's a California bread, but, um, he has been really putting in some top speed figures. He was running against a restricted company, but came back and uh, and dusted the field last time out, getting a 108 buyer. The thing about this horse is he's kind of freaky fast. I watched that race; he looked like he was going easy. I went back and looked at the fractions. He went 45 and two and 109 and two before finishing out with that that big fast uh, that fast buyer. But I think the two interesting horses in here um, are Opportunity. Well, I think maybe coming back kind of quick, but back. Stafford's been known to do that. Uh, yeah. Just was an impressive uh, winner of the Rebel Stakes with Mike Smith up. And the, the, the mystery horse and the horse that really I like a lot, and I kind of like that he's had a vacation, is Candy Boy with Gary Stevens up.
2: Yeah. I got circles on those horses. You know, California Chrome. I don't like the best favorites, but if I'm going to bet a favorite Saturday, it's going to be him because not only is he running well, he uh, he came back on March 29th and worked a half a mile down there at Los Alamitos in uh, 46 and two, fastest of 21 works. So this horse not only runs well, continues to train well. And how about the trainer? I think I read in the racing form or somewhere where Art Sherman. Was at the was at the Kentucky Derby last time in 1955 with Swaps, not trainer, but he was working for the stable. So he's coming back after 59 years to Louisville. Unbelievable! See, that is um, unbelievable. And someone tells me that he was once a jockey in uh, at the, in Cleveland at Randall Park, way really? way back when. So it's kind of interesting guy. So I got you got to pull for a guy like him.
1: Absolutely. I just, uh, you know... I think he can win this race. I, I just got a feeling I went back and looked at his pedigree, Bob. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think he can go a mile and a quarter. He, he's out of a not-for-love mare uh, by a, by a $2,500 stallion, which I always root for these guys. Right. Uh, but I have to be honest with you, when you look at uh, Lucky Pulpit, I don't think he won beyond a mile and a 16th um, and didn't set the world on fire. Hey, I, I, I love rooting for the little guy, and I, I think it would be a great story. Uh, the, the, the owner had a dream two days before the horse was born that he'd have four white socks and a white blaze and he'd go on to run in the Kentucky Derby and so far it's been a dream that's come true and um, you and I would love to redo to
2: a $2,500 stallion like Lucky Pulpit and look at the Colts earnings of $534,000 we would be happy right now
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the only stud fee I could ever afford quite frankly <laughs> now, well, what, well what these think guys about uh,
2: caught lightning in the bottle here that's for darn sure
1: I love it. Well, you know, a guy that uh, could have multiple runners in the Derby, of course, is Bob Baffert. Uh, what do you think about him coming right back with with Opportunity, a horse who's really probably in the top ten on the leaderboard in the Derby already? I was surprised to see that horse in the entries for this race. Yeah,
2: yeah. I don't know what his thinking was, but maybe he do not want to wait March fifteenth, the uh, first Saturday in May. I guess I watched that race. That was a that was a game effort that day. They were. Bouncing off each other, coming down the lane at Oakline. Oh,
1: it was a great race. Yeah. It was an absolutely great yes. race. Uh, Tapature, you know, and, and him just went, and, and the stewards were pretty much no mas. You know, it was right. like, uh, you know, hey, you two guys fought each other all the way down right. the lane. I can't point a finger at which one of you was banging the other one harder than yeah. the other. As is. <laughs> As is. Make it official. That's right. I liked it. I liked it. But uh, there's just something about this candy boy um, that his, his Robert B. Lewis was very impressive. Uh, yeah. John Sadler's a savvy trainer. Gary Stevens, man, he's got to feel like a kid in the candy store. The way he's shopping around with these different horses. It'd be very interesting to see which one he lands on the first Saturday in May.
2: No, you can't knock this horse. No, this is a nice horse, too. You're right. But I know one thing. I can't take 6 to 5 over 9 to 5 in the exact and buy you a sandwich. I know that. So, am going to have to throw one <laughs> Not the one way, the not the way I eat. I can't put, hey, did, I can't put they, them together. Do they
1: still have the hillbilly bologna sandwiches at the Bula Park?
2: Oh, my God. Hillbilly cheeseburger, they called it.
1: Yeah, it was fried bologna. Yeah.
2: You tell people that story, they started Thistledown, hamburger and hot dog. They get in the car, drive to Beulah, hillbilly cheeseburger. Nobody knows what that is. You get in the car and you drive to River Downs, and it says MET on the what the heck are these foods all in the same state <laughs> and a met is what a german a spicy german sausage Is know what that mm-hmm. is
1: yes it is it, it, it's a met worst
2: well you and i did that people don't know that but you and i did hit all three tracks in one day in the car y- yes we did <laughs> filming a video for that's the nice. uh for the best of ohio uh awards <laughs> banquet so uh, oh my god but that's the true story no i think uh Social, uh, what's the uh, social being correct? Socially correct, he took that down after a few years, a few years ago. No more hillbilly cheeseburgers, which was fried bologna with cheese on white bread. That's yeah, what I mean, something was. a cardiologist one, would, that's would punch you in the
1: face for eating.
2: <laughs> it was great.
1: It was great. Well, listen, I'm down. I'm down to about two minutes to post here. But All quite right. Frankly, I don't think the hardest race to handicap was the Santa Anita Oaks. In my oh. opinion, uh, Fashion Place uh, plate rather is the filly to beat. But uh, I'm scratching my head a little bit about a guy I know you know, and that's Ron Paolucci. Oh. uh That's got Rhea Antonio in here. Uh, turned the horse over to Bob Baffert and taking the blinkers
2: off. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I know, Ron, he's a, he bets with, a, you know, I, I call him the uh, racing's answer to a gym rat, because he just bets and bets and bets at racetracks. He doesn't care where he's at, bets and claims, bets and claims. He's a real character. He grew up, he cut his teeth at Thistledown or Old Waterford Park, which is now Mountaineer. But I, it looks to me like the one horse is going to get loose on the lead, fashion plate. So I, yeah, that's where I
1: go. But, and then I
2: wonder about Ron's horse. That was a bad race at the fairgrounds, so I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah,
1: but it was his first race of the season, and as I recall, because of the bad weather, they missed some training, uh, you know, and they kind of like went back to, I think, Gulfstream, or someplace in Florida, and then came back to the fairgrounds. Uh, Moved to Baffert, though, kind of interesting. I know that Gary Stevens worked this horse recently was very impressive and made it sound like he was going to ride him, but instead... He ends up on fashion plate, but yeah. you know, Paolucci's getting a guy by the name of Mike Smith, which uh, yeah, right. you know ain't exactly ch- chop liver.
2: That work might be the March thirty first uh, half mile and forty six and one fastest of fifty one moves at the distance. So I don't know. I, bet, I guess if you're going to bet her, that be this will be the day to get a good price on her. Absolutely, be pretty decent price. I, I'll bet you they pound fashion plate at the windows. I haven't seen a morning line on this race yet, but I'll bet you they pound her pretty good.
1: No, no, and I don't have the morning line either. Yeah. Um, well, uh, anyhow, Bob, I well, got got about a, a minute to to wrap up here. Uh, yeah. I think we're looking at a really uh, exciting season as we ramp up to both uh, the Oaks and the Derby. I mean, uh, horses well, me are jumping up. Let me ask you, up. John. Who do you, who, right
2: now, if you had to bet the
1: Derby, who do you like? Um, I'll tell you after Saturday because I've always no because I've always been a big uh, uh, Candy Boy fan. Okay, and uh, okay. you know if, if he's impressive in, in the Santa Anita Derby, I'm going to like him. And, and then uh, the, the results of the Wood will, will tell us something. I mean, is Social Inclusion really the freak he is, or is one of these New York breds uh, the real deal? Right now, I like
2: I like a horse that I'm surprised the trainer's quote was he didn't. He was extremely disappointed and shocked by the way his horse ran. I don't think Cairo Prince ran as bad as everybody thinks he ran. They ran the three quarters in one twelve in that race, and the horses who sat 1-2-3 all the way around there finished in some order of the 1-2-3, and he made a move and flattened out because there was no pace in that race. I don't think that race was that bad. I hope he can get in the derby, have enough points to get in the derby. Right now, I bet Cairo Prince, and the price is going to be a heck of a lot better since he ran poorly. Or if people think he ran poorly. I don't know why McLaughlin thinks he, was, he ran poorly. It wasn't that bad of an effort. Of course, he hadn't well. run uh, in a very long time. He had run since January 25th. Yeah, yeah, he definitely need, needed a tiger. Yes, line. and there was no see. pace to run at. You know, that racetrack is That's the shortest stretch of any major racetrack in America. It's very hard to catch anybody at that place.
1: All right. Well, Bob Roberts, I'm going to have to wish you a fond adieu, but I'll tell you what, uh, let's make a date. Uh, I'll give you a call, or I'll, I'll find you at Beulah. It won't be too hard, i got a feeling, from the massive but, crowds, I understand they're there on the weekend. So and, uh, let's get together on We'll watch some of simulcast paper, races, and uh, we'll get our picture taken at Glacial Princess's Headstone.
2: We're going. We're going.
1: All right. Bye, I'll John. see you later. That's Bob Roberts, a longtime writer for the Cleveland Plain Dealer. I want to thank Amy Owens from Keeneland, and I want to thank all of our listeners from Winning Ponies. Remember, bet with your
0: head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.